Thank you for listening to this message by Pastor Chad Randall at Life Story Church. We are a grassroots church located in the heart of the Bellevue community in Nashville, Tennessee. Our services are streamed live on Facebook and YouTube every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Time. We would love for you to join us. Now here's Pastor Chad Randall. What is truth? What is truth is what we're talking tonight. Uh, talking about tonight. Um, you know, uh, when I was preparing for this message, I was moving through my word, and I came across, I have a wonderful Bible. People ask me all the time, and I was actually talking about this with John just before we started tonight, as far as what, what's the best translation to have. Uh, John, the wonderful owner and friend of Life Story Church, part of Life Story Church uh, that hosts us here at the Rutledge West. We're talking about what is the best Bible translation to have. And really the best one to have is the one that you wear out. Chuck Missler used to say that. I love that trans, uh, that uh, quote by him. Whichever study Bible you wear out, that's the best one. Of course, we talked about that in our foundation series as far as what codex to look at and yada, yada. But the bottom line, guys, is that I was looking through my, and it was an NIV translation, and some people might, might, might be like, oh, NIV. No, look, I wore that Bible out, and the gospel is not lost in it. In my NIV study Bible, uh, Life Application Study Bible, uh, there is an introduction to 1 Peter. And the introduction to 1 Peter just really grabbed my heart. And I want to share it with you. And it really, it kind of set the tone for, for the conversation I want to have tonight, guys. So uh, it reads as such, and I'm just going to read it to you, okay? Crushed, overwhelmed, devastated, torn. These waves of feeling, feelings wash over those who suffer, obliterating hope, and threatening to destroy them. Suffering has many forms. Physical abuse, debilitating disease, social ostracism, and persecution. The pain and anguish tempt a person to turn back, to surrender, and to give in for t- such a time as this, right? We talk about the hour, hour of history that uh, we believe that we're living in all the time at Life Story Church, don't we? There are people, I believe with all my heart, watching right now who are crushed, who are overwhelmed, who are torn, and that's the truth. That is the truth. People struggling with disease, social exclusion, abuse in many different ways. You feel war-worn and tired. You feel ready to fall. And for some, the only question is, in what direction will you fall when you fall? If you can identify with anything that I'm saying right now, I encourage you to say, amen, I've felt it before or I feel it now. I'm here tonight to tell you 
that though you may not recognize it in the moment, although you may not feel like it in the moment, although you may not recognize them, there will be arms to catch you in whatever direction you choose to fall. Whichever direction you choose to fall in, there will be arms ready to catch you. You know, a couple years ago, um, some of you guys might remember this, but Oprah Winfrey, I think she was on the Golden Globes or something like that, and who knows what in the world they gave her a statue. You watch all of the, the Emmys or the Oscars, or I don't even pay t- I don't even know. They just had an award show a minute ago, and all of the celebrities, all of the uh, leftist politicians were there, and of course nobody's wearing a mask, and they have ridiculous reasons why and whatnot. Perhaps you've seen this in the news. Probably not, though, in the, the news, right? In any, in any case, uh, Oprah Winfrey was receiving an award for something, and just that speech was just, to me, just so off-putting in my spirit because she said, uh, you know, just I want to encourage everybody out there to find your truth, your truth, whatever your truth is, and don't let anybody take it from you, yada, yada, yada. <sighs> you know, now, Oprah was so, so kind to us in that speech to parrot the universalist, globalist, liberal perspective that tells us that we can fall any direction that we choose to so long as we are able to talk ourselves into anything. And that's at the heart and the core of what she was saying. Make no mistake. You can fall, and let me say this. This is what she was saying, so let me parrot it for her. You can choose to fall in any direction. You're war-worn. You're tired. You're exhausted. You can fall in any direction you choose to as long as you're willing to talk yourself into it. The my truth, your truth narrative, it hinges not on doctrine, not on the word of God, not on religion of any kind. As a matter of fact, it's a new religion unto itself called selfism, self ism. Whatever narrative makes you feel good about yourself, that is now your truth. Your truth. Forget the truth. That is now your truth. The truth is offensive, isn't it? The truth is offensive. The truth is so judgy, isn't it? You ever have somebody tell you the truth and I didn't ask you to tell me the truth. You're so judgy. You're just so judging me. <laughs> don't let that, don't let that judgy feeling discourage you from embracing your truth. That's what the world wants to tell you. Your truth, which is likely nothing more than the excuses that you tell yourself in order to escape your convictions of conscience. You're broken. I get it. You are broken. I get it. Guess what? I am broken. I am broken. We're all broken 
in different ways. But that doesn't mean that there isn't one, one way to healing. Hear me now. There is one way to healing. So the question is this. What are you going to do with that? Right? What are you going to do with that? Into, whom, into whose arms will you choose to fall? Into whose arms will you choose to fall? Are you going to fall left or are you going to fall right? Or will you try to turn back? Will you fall back to something, as many do? If you decide to fall back, what are you turning to? What are you going to turn to? So often, in our brokenness, we turn back to our past, don't we? We turn back to our past, past relationships, past lifestyles, past patterns of thought. We turn back to what's familiar, even if what's familiar isn't good, even if what's familiar isn't good or good for us. Even if what's familiar is the very thing that has left us crushed, overwhelmed, and devastated. We're in a state of free fall here. We're in a state of free fall. We're like an, it's like an airplane, right? An airplane's run out of gas and it's just gliding. It's falling. It's falling. Gliding down at varying speeds. Not everyone's coming down at the same speeds. You have different heights you're gliding down from, right? So varying speeds, but regardless, everybody's just looking for a safe place to land. Are you with me? A safe place to land. Afraid still, nonetheless. Afraid. Some looking back to the airport. You're looking back to the airport. It's too far behind us, though, to be a viable option for landing, yet some still make the mistake of trying to make it back to the airport. We're always falling. We're always deciding in this life which way we're going to turn. Crushed, overwhelmed, devastated, disappointed, all to varying degrees. We're always falling, deciding which way to turn. That's one thing that we have to grasp and we have to understand it. That in life... We're always turning to something. We're always turning to something. We've always heard it said that so-and-so turned to the bottle, haven't we? So-and-so turned to drugs, or then so-and-so turned to the Lord, even. Well, I want to micromanage this idea for a moment because the truth is that with every breath you take, it is a potential, a potential turning point, or should I say, a decision point. Should I continue my 
course? Have I decided on a course of where to land? Should I continue? Every breath you take is a decision on whether or not you decide to continue your course. Should I stay in this chair listening to Pastor Chad right now? Or should I turn him off because this is really boring. It's not what I thought it was going to be tonight on the teaching, right? I mean, seriously, seriously. Should I continue my course or should I turn? Turn right, turn left. This is not political, obviously. Some will run away with that on me, I'm sure. I'll get an email. <laughs> well, I want, to encourage, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you tonight to recognize this moment as a decision point. Because the world wants you to fall right into its arms. That's what the world wants. That's what the enemy wants. That's what the adversary, the nakash, the shining one, wants you to do. The deceiver The world wants to tell you that everything is going to be okay. It's going to be okay because everything has always been okay. As a matter of fact, there's nothing wrong. It's just that you haven't found your truth yet. And you know whose fault that is? It's probably the Christians. (laughs) Probably those Christians. That's whose fault it is. It's probably the morality police. That's whose fault it is. Who are they to say that the true, what the truth is, right? Who are Christians in the morality police to say what the truth is, right? Why is their truth better than your truth? What's your truth? Who cares what they say the truth is? What's your truth? Here's why, church. Friends, the truth, the truth that is defined and outlined by the Holy Bible doesn't change, it doesn't bend, it doesn't break, depending on how I feel about any given issue on any given day. It is an anchor. It is an anchor in a raging sea that is this world. (sighs) For some reason, it seems, and tell me if you agree with me or not, chit-chat, tell me if you disagree, I don't care. It's when we find ourselves crushed, overwhelmed, heartbroken, and struggling that, that we truly understand, we begin to understand the gravity of the decisions that we've made and or are about to make potentially. Am I right? I mean, I think I'm right, right? Tell me if I'm right or you disagree. Everything just seems to come into f- focus quite a bit more when your world is crumbling around you, doesn't it? Is it just me? It's just me then, right? Is somebody chatting? I hope so. The reason for that is that when everything that matters to you is falling apart, that's when you have the greatest tendency to think about what really matters. So what really matters to you? What really matters to you? Satan is betting that your sin nature will matter the most to you. He's betting on it. He's counting on it. 
He knows that this world is fallen and falling and that it's continuous. He wants to make you a nice, comfy spot to land in this world that is crumbling. He wants to make you a nice, comfy spot in, to land in this world that is called excuses or justification for sin. Which way, will you, which way will you fall? Are you going to land there? He's got a nice soft spot for you to land in this world. It's a hotel. It's called justification for sin, excuses. You're fine just the way you are. Your truth lives here. Which way will you fall? Into whose arms will you fall? Because to some degree, we're all broken, crushed. Are we not? Even the happiest among us understand that in a deep core, on a deep core level. Nobody's got more things to be happy about than me as far as I'm concerned. Love my wife, love my kids. God provides, love my church. But I still, I still feel it. I still feel like a stranger in a strange land. I still, within my soul, feel the feeling of being an ambassador from another place in a foreign land. And that's what we all are if you're a believer. And I just want to go home. Sometimes, don't you? And the more hurt, the more people hurt you, the more people... I mean, that's the greatest source of pain that we have in this life is each other, right? Beyond losing somebody, that's beyond anyone's control. The abuses that mankind puts upon other mankind. Hmm. So, which way are we going to fall? Which way are we going to fall? Which decision time? Which way are you going to fall? Satan's making a comfy place for you. It's called your truth, right? Justification, be okay, whatever. You can turn back or maybe you can fall back. You can try to make it back to the airport. You can go back to that abusive relationship. You can go back to that dead-end job. You can go back to whatever it was that you thought you were being liberated from, like the Israelites as they left Egypt. They said, we were better off in Egypt. You brought us out here to die because they were of little faith in that moment, right? Turn left, turn right. You can turn off course. Or, or you can keep moving forward. You can keep moving forward into the arms of our Savior, into his hand, the hand of Jesus to Jesus, whom said to his father, I've not lost one of, I've not lost one that you've given me from my hand. I want to be in his hand. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 30, he says this, if you can see that scripture, he says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you shalom, rest, completeness, fullness, 
Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart. I love the scripture. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, verse 30. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Can we just pull this apart real quick? What does he say here? Take my yoke. You understand what a yoke is, right? The yoke is two oxen. They put this big piece of wood on top of them both. I don't have a graphic for you, but if you have any farming experience or if you've just read a little bit, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, right? It's a big piece of wood that goes over the head of two oxen and then they pull the plow behind them, right? That's a yoke. It's heavy. It's a burden. He says, take my yoke, take my yoke upon you, take my burden upon you, right? The thing that connects you to another oxen, right? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. What does he want you to learn? The very next scripture. Can we look at verse 29 again? Learn from me. What does he want you to learn? I am gentle and I am lowly in heart. Mm. Learn from me. Lowly in heart. What does he want you to, uh, he's talking about a heart condition here, church. Learn from me a condition of heart. The yoke that binds, it's a binding weight. He carries it for you. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light, he says in verse 30. Take my yoke on you, which is light. It's a burden, a weight. He carries it for you, so it's easy. It's light. And if you'll do that, if you'll learn from me, Condition your heart to be gentle and lowly, gentle and lowly in your heart as his heart is, then you will find what rest for your souls because, why? My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Second Timothy chapter four, verse three reads, for time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. In other words, whatever you want to hear, they have got it for you. Whatever direction you want to fall, What's your, you want the truth or do you want your truth, which is the hotel excuses, right? Hotel justification for sin, hotel feel good about, I'm just going to, you know, the way I'm living my life is making me miserable, but I'm going to go somewhere that tells me that it's fine, right? Or am I going to go somewhere that tells me, hey, you know, there's a better way. They will tell you whatever you want to hear. You can find someone that will tell it to you. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Let me say this to you. I don't want anybody within the sound of my voice to be discouraged, crushed, broken, discouraged. You don't need to feel alone. You don't need, you're not, I know you feel alone. 
but you don't have to. First Peter, can we see First Peter chapter two, verse eleven and twelve? First Peter writes this. He says, "Dear friends, dear friends, I urge you, I urge you, as foreigners and exiles." Uh, my other translation on on here says, "Aliens and strangers." I love. I I like. Aliens and strangers better, so I put it in there. To abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Verse 12. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. Oh, Lord, Maranatha. Visit soon, Lord God. There's a day coming that he is going to visit. This also highlights, though, why it's important that we stick together, church. The world wants to tell you that you are strange. You are a strange one, I'll tell you what, right? The world wants to tell you that you are, I, I think I saw a quote about that on Facebook right now, I think today, and it's coming to me right now. I should have kept it. That was just maybe the Holy Spirit. The world wants to tell you that you're not loving. You're not loving. You're a racist. You're a bigot if you hold, the, if you, if you hold to the truth. Well, you don't believe a man should marry a man. You, you're a bigot, right? I, whatever they can use to call you a racist. Anybody who holds to the truth, because the truth is condemning to those that don't, do not adhere to it, those who run from it, Right? Those who have found a soft place to land within the uh, shell of their own truth, right? Their truth. But church, that's not the truth. That's not the truth. The opening line of Paul's letter, in the opening letter, uh, line of Paul's letter to Titus, we find a gem. Can I see that? Titus chapter 1, verse 1 through 2. Paul, he writes, Paul a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Why is he an apostle of Jesus Christ? To further the faith of God's elect and their knowledge. He wants to further your knowledge of the what? Of the, if everybody was here tonight, I'd say of what? And you say the truth. Why And that truth? What does it do? It leads to godliness. Verse two, in the hope of eternal life, which God who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. Come back to me now. The world doesn't want you to know the truth. That's why they're pushing your, this your truth crap. You hear me? They don't want you to know the truth. The, the world hates the truth. Why? Because the truth leads to godliness. The emergent church today says, oh, just love, 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 love. Sure, somebody's dying in transgressions and in their sins, bringing, bringing corruption into their flesh, but just let them be and just, you know what, just, you just love them. What they're saying is just be polite and nice to them, you know, because telling them the truth might not be, they might not take it well. So that might not be nice to tell them the truth. But here's the thing is, Love, if you take love, what is love? If you remove truth from love, love is not love anymore. It's just being polite. We're not called to be polite. We're, tr- we're called to love in spirit 
in truth, church. The world hates truth. The truth will always lead you to your Savior because he is truth. He is the truth. Church, walk in truth. You know, a lot of times we use Wednesday nights to do some big, deep dig into Scripture and go deeper than we would on a Sunday morning. But, you know, we've been doing a lot of that on Sunday mornings lately. So can I just speak to you from your pastor's heart? We need to walk in truth, and we need to speak the truth. We need to defend the truth. I probably should have made an application point tile, but I didn't. So if you're taking notes, walk in truth, speak the truth, defend the truth. Know the truth. There's your big fourth point for tonight. Know the truth. Maybe we could, we'll sum that up. Here's I, one point for you. Can we see this next tile? Here's your application point. I'm not going to be long tonight. Here's your application point for you tonight. Know the truth. Know the truth. What is the truth? Well, if you missed part one of what is truth, the series that we were doing and we started a few weeks ago, I am the way, Jesus said. I am the way, the life and the truth. I am the way. The spirit of this age is trying to trick you. I'm speaking to somebody right now. The spirit of this age is trying to trick you. Hmm. Trying to take advantage of your brokenness. You think Satan doesn't know about your brokenness and how you're broken? He's the one who broke you. He's trying to take advantage of the work he's done. But you know what the Holy Spirit says? You know what Jesus says? I will take what Satan meant for your harm and I will use it for good. But in whose arms will you fall? He who will use it for good or he who will take advantage of your brokenness. <laughs> he wants you to do things. He, and you know what? He wants to take advantage of your brokenness and at the same time he's trying to convince you that you're just doing things your way. Just do, you do you. Find your truth. Do things your way. <laughs> According to your truth. The world, the enemy, wants you to focus on yourself, how you feel. It's all about how you feel now, right? Because it's selfism. We talked about it at the top of the hour, selfism. But the truth, the truth is the truth that is the word of God says this, James chapter 10 or verse 4, chapter 4, verse 10, excuse me, says this, that the truth says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. You know, a lot of times we feel broken, we feel crushed, we feel forgotten, feel like God doesn't hear us. humble. When we feel that way, our, the instinct of our flesh oftentimes is to, well, I'll just pick myself up then. 
well, if you don't hear me, then I'm just going to do things my way, right? We, oftentimes, insecurity is countered with pride. I say often, almost every time you feel insecurity, you counter it with some false pride. And that's the source of a lot of offense in a lot of relationships is people feel insecure, they feel neglected, so they counter with false ego, bravado, or whatever. And it looks a lot of different ways in a lot of different relationships, but it's very common. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, says through James, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and you won't have to lift you up. You won't have to lift you up because he will lift you up. And First Peter, First Peter, whose intro we led with tonight, First Peter chapter 5, verse 6, can we see this? What does he say? Therefore, again, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. What's this say? That you may exalt yourself in due time? No. That he may exalt you. He may lift you up, in other words. But guess what? In due time. In due time. A lot of times when we're hurt and we're insecure in the moment, we need to be exalted and whatever immediately. And we false ego and pride. We lift ourselves. We pick ourselves up, right? No, 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 no. He will. He'll just, do you trust him? Fall into his arms. Humble yourself. Fall into his arms and trust that he will exalt you in due times. The Antichrist spirit of this age is trying to tell you that you deserve. You deserve. I'm talking to you, church. I'm not just talking to the unchurched people here, okay? You deserve. That's what it says. What's the Spirit of God say? Humble yourself. What's the Antichrist spirit of this age say? You deserve, hey, you deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve this or that. You shouldn't have to wait, right? It's a spirit of self-importance. Spirit, there is a spirit of self-importance that has risen up and is boiling over in this age, and all the old people like to say it's all the millennials. It's not. It's everybody. It's everybody. But the truth that is the word of God says this. Are you ready for it? Oh, you're not. You don't want to hear this. This might not jive with your truth, right? Luke 14, 7 through 11. Can we read it? Let's read it. So he told the parable of those who were invited. When he noted how they chose the best places, saying to them, when you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him. Verse 9. And he who invited you and him come and say to you, Give place to this man, and then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. Verse 10. But when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place, so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, Friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. Verse 11. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and 
He who humbles himself will be exalted. The Antichrist spirit of this age is trying to tell you that you shouldn't have to suffer. Suffer? No, you deserve. What's your truth, right? But the truth of the word of God says, 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 20 and 24. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, verse 21, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example. And I love this, and I put it in the tile. Really an example, right? So the Bible is not a book of exceptions. It's a book of examples. This is a pattern to follow. He's left you a pattern to follow, in other words, that you should follow in his steps. Verse 22, he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. Verse 23, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. Oh man, this is hard teaching. Oh my gosh. I'm stepping all over some people tonight, I know. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. And all God's people said, look, nobody said this was going to be easy. Nobody settled. Every time I say that in a sermon, that Coldplay song jumps into my head because I was born when I was born, right? Nobody said it was easy. Early 2000s, right? Nobody said it was going to be easy. Oh, wait a minute. I think Kenneth Copeland did, or uh, Benny Hinn did. Who else said it would be easy if you were, had enough faith? Garbage teaching. Not the word of God, that's for sure. That's for sure. No prosperity. There's no prosperity gospel in here. All right, you can throw that out with the trash on Thursday. Ours runs on Friday morning, so Thursday night, you throw that out with the trash, okay? You are here for a short period of time to become who you're going to be forever. 80 years, if you're lucky to be 80, is a teardrop in the ocean of eternity. You will never again get a chance to believe without seeing. Think about that. We are crushed, overwhelmed, devastated. Our hearts are torn. Our hearts are rent. That's just this world, this life. Jesus didn't say we we're going to be delivered from it. No, he said, give, give them the strength to persevere, to overcome to rest in the truth, the truth. 
that, you know what? Whatever you're torn about, you know, it's not necessarily going to get better, okay? But we can choose which direction we're going to fall. And we can make decisions to leave that, the unhealthy decision-making decision behind us. We can make a decision that, you know what? Maybe some of this is self-inflicted. Maybe I've been falling into the arms of the world for too long. Maybe I make, need to make a decision tonight to fall into the arms of Jesus. Into the arms of Jesus. And let him take what the enemy meant for my harm. Let him use it for good. What is truth? The truth is the person of Jesus Christ. The truth is that any safe haven Satan wants to give you or the world wants to give you is a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. And <laughs> the world loves to paint Christians as frauds who like to say they've got it all figured out. And if you'll just become a Christian, you won't have problems in this life. I don't know a Christian that's ever said that. The word of God certainly does that. It doesn't say that. The word of God simply says that you will have troubles in this life, but you know what? I will sustain you. I will bring you through, and I will not lose you from my hand. And what comfort there is in that. What comfort there is in that. And that is the truth. That is the truth. Pretending that what's wrong isn't wrong won't provide that, that safe place for you. It may for a while, it may for a moment, but it'll come to an end. Crushed, overwhelmed, devastated, torn, pain and anguish tempt a person to surrender, to give in, to turn back. That's where we started tonight. So let's close with that. If this is you right now, I will leave you with this truth. I will leave you with this truth. Psalm 34, verse 15 through 18. Let's read it together. Let's read it together. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. Oh, Lord Jesus, somebody needed to hear this tonight. I know it. I can feel it right now, Lord Jesus. Somebody right now doesn't feel like God hears them. They pray in their distress and in their anguish and they feel like God doesn't even hear them. Listen to his words. His promises are true. Verse 15, again, let's read it together. The eyes of the Lord are, where are the eyes of the Lord? They're on you who wear the righteousness of Christ. They're on the righteous and his ears are open to, the, to their cry. Verse 16, the face of the Lord is against those who do evil, regardless of whether or not they tell themselves that they're living their truth or not, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Verse 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears. He hears you, I promise. And he delivers them out of all their troubles.
Oh, Jesus. Yeshua. Verse 18, in closing. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. He's near you. And he saves such as have a contrite spirit. If you are on the side of truth, the truth is on your side. With every eye closed and every head bowed, we'll close tonight. If this is resonating with you this evening, I want you to lift your heart. I want you to humble your heart. I want you to quiet your spirit. I want you to quiet your mind, still your mind. I want you to pray with me right now. Say, Jesus, I'm broken. I am overwhelmed. I'm devastated. I'm torn. I'm afraid. I'm anxious. Jesus, I need you. I cry out to you. I feel like you don't hear me because I cry out and I don't seem to get an answer, Lord. But I trust your word. I believe that you are God. I believe that you love me. I stand on your word. I've seen you work in my life and in the life of, of those that I love. Or if this is new to you and you've never seen him, say this, I want to see you work in my life, Lord Jesus. Show yourself to me. Reveal yourself to me. Because I am crushed. I'm overwhelmed. I'm distressed. And I stand on your word tonight. I stand on Psalm 34. The Lord is near those who have a broken heart and save such as have a contrite spirit. Lord, I humble myself before you, Lord Jesus. I want to fall into your arms. I don't want to fall into the lie of my truth, your truth. Everything's just fine the way it is. I know it's not. I need you, Lord Jesus, to make this right in my life and in my heart. I surrender to you. I surrender into your peace, into your grace, and into your rest, and I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me, and that's enough. That's enough. I believe that you, although I don't know what the future holds, I know who holds my future, and that's you, and that is enough. It doesn't matter what comes next because you've got me. It doesn't matter if I die tomorrow. You've got me. It doesn't matter if the bank comes for whatever. You've got me. It doesn't matter if my relationships are falling apart because they hate me because I tell the truth or I infringe on their truth. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for Thank you for who you are. Lord, I rest tonight in you. And I eagerly await the morning tomorrow that you would show yourself to me anew and new miracles in your grace and what you're doing, Father. I want to serve you. I want to walk with you. I trust you. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. I hope you enjoyed tonight. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. 
May he show you grace, continue to reveal to you truth, give you boldness to stand for it. And may you be comforted by it. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Good night. Mm -hmm.